Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Welcome back to The Kitchen Table. This week and for the next couple weeks, we're going to be starting a really quick series called Summertime, What Do We Do About It? Really, the purpose of this is for us to establish a concept of our vision for what is coming in summertime so that we can then lay down great rhythms for our kids and we can understand it from a gospel perspective right? Because that's what we do here. Every week I am trying, and my prayer is that you will see that applying the gospel in the word, the fact that Christ died for you, for your child, actually plays out in how you approach life, how we do the real things of life. And for most of us, we're about to approach summer. Now, I know for my friends who listen in Australia and New Zealand, and um, I know I have some Brazilian listeners and and those other countries, maybe in the Southern Hemisphere, you may not have summer now. I'm not actually really sure, and I would love an email about that. But for most of us here, we are beginning to be at the end of our school year. And I don't know about you, but I am... But by the time I hit the beginning of May, there are tons of activities ramping up to finish the school year, tons of papers and projects and exams and things to be done, paperwork to be filed if you homeschool, um, testing to take care of. Like there's a lot that we're all juggling. And then we kind of bust out into summer. And maybe you're like me and you're, you can't wait to get to summer because you know a different change of pace is needed. But what often happens for me is like the meme of the toddler going down the slide, just kind of whipping from side to side until she finally like bumps out at the end. That's a little bit of my May coming into June. I'm just kind of whipping back and forth, getting it all done, boom, 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 bonk. And then I plop out in June and I welcome the change, but I'm not really prepared for the change. So then what happens in my motherhood a lot of years has been that I'm good in it for the first little bit. We're kind of lazy. We kind of, um, the years that I've worked, I'm still going in later. I'm letting the kids sleep in. We dial way back. And then what begins to happen is what was fun for a week or two becomes boring Um, my children now are rubbing up against one another and they're fussing about one another and what they're doing and they don't like so-and-so about such and such. I'm beginning to get anxious because my house is falling apart um, and things aren't looking so great. So I wanted to share with you over the next few weeks how I actually view this transition time and how do I get ready for a change of pace. The first thing I want to share with you is that your mindset is a big part of it. So the question I want to ask 
is how do you parent your child? Now, that seems like a strange question when we're just talking about summertime, but I actually want to introduce to you a purposeful, maybe a word picture that you can use for yourself in your own conversations with the Lord, not just for preparing for summertime, but just in general, that maybe will help you have a heart check. It certainly does for me. Here's the question. Am I parenting my child with a shepherd's perspective or am I parenting my child with the perspective of a sheepdog. Both a shepherd and a sheepdog move sheep, don't they? They both have similar jobs. They're both trusted with protection and moving sheep in a pattern or a herd across an area, getting them to new grazing ground, getting them to water, keeping them safe. They both do similar jobs. But am I parenting from the perspective of being a shepherd walking with my child, or am I parenting with the perspective of a sheepdog hurting my child? And I'm, I mean, hurting like H E R D I N G. Cause I don't know, maybe in my Southern accent, y'all can't hear it right. But here's what I want you to understand for most of my parenthood and my natural inclination is to be like a sheepdog. It is. I want to forcefully move my little herd of people forward in life. I want to make sure that they stay out of danger. I want to make sure we all stay together. I want to move us and keep us um, going in the right direction. And so as a sheepdog mother, I am parenting from behind. That's where a sheepdog is, right? If you watch them, I don't know if anybody has ever seen those videos of like sheepdogs doing amazing amazing things with sheep, but they do it from the back of the pack and they push from the the back and they use a driving method, right? They manage, they manipulate, they come alongside of the one that wants to stray out and push them back into the group. But it's based on the force of the sheepdog. But a shepherd is different. You see, a shepherd stands in the front of his herd. And he calls to them. And then he calmly walks ahead. And he is confident that they know his voice and they will follow him. We've seen video. I've seen videos of that. My kids and I love to watch these as we talk about Jesus being the great shepherd. That there can be... um, a shepherd in the middle of a flock of multiple different herds of sheep and he will call his sheep and walk and only his sheep will follow him out of the big group. It's because they know his voice. And we talk about that with my kids about the importance of as you grow to begin to understand the voice of the great shepherd. But I think that we're invited to mimic the great shepherd as we lead our children and that we have the mindset that we are actually operating as a shepherd for our children and not a sheepdog. Often I can turn into a sheepdog, even when I have the greatest of intentions of being a shepherd in a moment. But if any of my sheep, if any of my people begin to give me some back at you conversation, I'm going to probably flip into a little bit of manipulation to get them to do what I want. If many of my If any of my sheep decide they just kind of want to sit down and not go any further, they don't want to do, they don't want to obey, they don't want to listen, 
They just have a fussy attitude, which happens a lot with the Kimsey crew in the summertime. I can become like a sheepdog and coerce them. A little bit of snapping at their heels, a little bit of driving forward. I think a good question for me that helps me define whether or not I am, I have a heartbeat that's more wanting to just control my children, control my flock, is am I viewing my children with the perspective that they are mine? You see, oftentimes when I say, well, my child is not going to be doing that. Well, my child won't be doing that. When I am owning and, and possessing my child in that way, and I've kind of forgotten who they really are and who we both are following, then more than likely my heart is also to be more manipulative, mo- more coercing, more um, driving forward or charging from behind. I'm more like a sheepdog. And I don't know if that's you as we're moving into summer or if you've thought to yourself, yeah, I think I do that sometimes, but we're going to be talking about how can we be more like the great shepherd? We're going to look at that really quickly today. And then we're going to be saying, okay, so if we're going to have this heartbeat, we are going to mimic the great shepherd with our children. Where practically will this play out? And the three places that this is going to play out that we're going to talk about is going to be in morning rhythms. It's going to be in rhythms of connection with one another. And it's going to be in rhythms of expectation. Because I think a lot of times the anxiety that I face as I'm moving into summer or preparing for summer, or if I get myself into summer and I haven't been very preparatory, I haven't really thought about things ahead of time, is I am frustrated, angry, upset, snappy at my kids, starting to become like a sheepdog because we're not having good morning rhythms, meaning I'm not getting my own time with the Lord, with the great shepherd. We're not having good conversations around the centered around the gospel in our home. We're just kind of doing our days. That's the first. We're not very connected to one another. In fact, you know, we're beginning to just annoy one another and everybody's beginning to seek out their own flesh tendencies and function from that viewpoint. And as a parent, that becomes very annoying and I become much more sheepdog-like. I'm like, be kind to your brother. Be nice. Stop fighting. Stop saying that. Those are more sheepdog-like leadership styles. And then thirdly, I am frustrated and anxious and probably annoyed because the expectations of the home itself are not being managed well. And the reality is our home barely teeters on the edge of being organized and held together anyway. So if I haven't set out clear expectations and understood each child and what they're capable of contributing to the whole and haven't given them that charge and walk calmly ahead of them and go and said, you can do that. I know you can go for it. That is yours to take over and then held expectation. Yes, you can do that. If I fail to do that, what begins to happen in the home is a whole home begins to fall apart. And then I feel obligated to pick up all the pieces, but all along on the inside, I'm just kind of gritting my teeth and angry. And I don't know if anybody else has that. And and maybe some of y'all have very good methods of keeping your home running where you are not actually the primary one doing it all. But for us, that is something I've had to learn because I'm not natural 
at imparting expectations and giving my children the blessing that they can handle and do big things to contribute to our home. So those are the three places that we're going to practically work out the gospel as we get ready for summer, understanding that we're doing it with the heartbeat of the shepherd, because we're going to be looking to the great shepherd and what would his heartbeat be in communication? What would his goal be for that person individually? And then what then does that mean for the family as a whole? What is his goal as the great shepherd in terms of kingdom living, kingdom thinking. So what does the great shepherd say? We have to answer that first, don't we? For you and for me, we are called to follow the great shepherd. And over and over in scripture, God says, be like me, follow me, look at what I'm doing and and do that. And there are scriptures here that highlight what the great shepherd is all about. In John 10, it says that Jesus goes before and his sheep know his voice and they follow him. That's our calling. Our calling is to know his voice and to follow him. Whether it's in the big things in life or in the tiny ways that we live life minute to minute in our home. It says in Psalm 23 that the shepherd leads us into pasture He leads us into rest, and ultimately he leads us into purpose in terms of kingdom living. So if we look at Psalm 23, it's very interesting to me, the order of things for the shepherd. And so this is true for you if you've never looked at it this way, but this says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So the first thing that we see here with the shepherd is that he is leading us first to rest. He's calling us to lay down. He's leading us beside calm waters and restoring us completely. And only at that point, then the last thing that the shepherd does is he leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake, which is the calling out for kingdom living. In much the same way, we want to begin to have a mindset that says, I'm going to emulate the shepherd. I'm going to have his heart. I'm going to, first of all, lead forward and call my children to follow me. I'm going to create such a relationship with them, such a give and take of time with them that they know my voice and they want to follow me. And we'll talk about that. And we're going to call them and invite them, not just to walk with us, but ultimately we're actually, remember we talk about this over and over in the podcast, but we're, we're really just this representative of the real shepherd. And so there is this natural pivot that we do as we emulate the shepherd we follow. We're actually shifting our child's focus up to the shepherd for themselves. But we do that by nurturing, by teaching them to recognize God's voice, pointing out the thieves instead that want to call, you know, deny that, and creating space and giving of time so that that can happen. And primarily that's going to be what we're going to talk about this week in terms of morning rhythms. And then we lead them to pasture and to rest. Our kids have a great need 
for us to be great pace setters for them. We are living in a fast-paced culture, and truth be told, you and I control the pace in our home. And if we're caught up in the culture at hand that says, go, 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 do, 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 we are doing a disservice to our children. And this is a natural time that we can begin to dial back a little bit from all the activities that have been laden into a school year, and we can set a different pace and give our children rest. And from that point of rest, then after that, when there is healing, the restoring of the soul, when that healing begins to happen, then kingdom work can come, right? The leading in passive righteousness. Because when we understand the grace of God, when that becomes the the focal point in our rest, then there is a natural overflow of, well, what can we do for others? How can we show others the love of Jesus? What can we do differently? That can flow out of, but it cannot precede finding rest. You and I are the pace setters for our kids. So this week we're going to be looking at morning rhythms. The first thing I want to say in this idea is that rhythms are important. We have been created to be people of rhythm, not people of extreme structure or a calendar that says at eight o'clock we do this and at nine o'clock we do this and at 10 o'clock we do this. But we are invited by God into rhythms of our days. And so the first rhythm I want to introduce to you, whether you've ever thought about this or not, but especially if you are staying home with your children, um, I want to introduce to you the concept of a morning rhythm. Whether that is in only the first 45 minutes when y'all are up and moving about before you get going and get out the door to work to um, wherever your children are going if you're working this summer or even this this idea does hold, needs to hold during the school year. It's just abbreviated. But oftentimes when we come into summer, even if um, I know I am working this summer, but I don't plan to start work at eight, I'm going to be starting later in the day so that there's a longer morning rhythm for my family. So what happens in the morning rhythm? Well, in the morning rhythm, one of the first things is I need to be following the great shepherd. You and I need to be sitting with him on our own. We need to be engaged with the word. We have done podcasts over this and I've done live teachings on Instagram over how you can just take the word of God and spend some time in it with a journal and a piece of paper. But you and I need to begin to do that. If you have never done that before, I invite you to send me an email or send me a message over Instagram or Facebook. I would love to give you an easy five-day You could do this for five days and you would be pretty confident then moving forward uh, if you've never done that or if you've never had anybody walk you through how to spend time with the Bible and, and the Holy Spirit. But you need to be with your great shepherd. The only way you will know his voice is if you spend time listening to him. The only way you'll understand the voices that are all around us that are lies is when we hear the right voice. And we can discern his voice in the crowd. Because remember, his heartbeat is to lead us forward and to lead us out of the crazy crowd. Lead us out of the manic 
motions of every day and bring us to rest and bring us to pasture and restore our soul. We need to know his voice. And then another part of morning rhythm is my encouragement to you is spend time helping your children understand his voice. There are many easy devotionals out there that do not require you to have a degree in Bible or theology to open God's word with your kids and let them see the grace and the love of a savior pop off the page. Oftentimes what we will do, and we will be beginning this as we're coming out of our school year and into our summer, is we have, we're going to pick up a new Louis Giglio devotional that's come out. I love those. They cross great ages. You could be young, you can be old, and you can do this little book. It relates to both. They're usually centered in some concept of science. So it's interesting, even from the fact, you know, it says in scripture over and over that creation will declare who God is. And he has done a wonderful job in these devotionals of unpacking little pieces of the gospel story for our kids to see. Each one is linked to scripture, so we will look up those scriptures, and then we will have worship music. And it's just that simple. We usually do this over our breakfast. Um, If that's not a good time of the day for you, though, and morning, you're like, Bethany, I could never do that. It's literally go, go, go till we get out the door. Then my encouragement is over this summer season to say, how can I shift my evening and make this be my evening rhythm? How can I bring down the pace of my home so that in the evenings, most evenings we come home and we do a devotion? Because as a shepherd, we want our children to know our voice and love listening to our voice. But really, more importantly, we want them to hear the voice of the good shepherd and to be able to identify it in the crowd and to follow him. And finally, the last part of morning rhythm that I want to introduce, which may be new, especially to you who have younger children, I want to introduce an idea that Someone who was an older, wiser mom introduced to me when I was having my first little ones. And I had four in a very quick amount of time, and it was very busy, and I was literally almost strung out. And this was something that was a lifesaver. She had given me this idea back when we had our first two back-to-back 18 months apart, and she said, you, you, need, you need room time. And I was like, room time? What is room time? And she goes, Bethany, you need time in your day just to breathe and be you. And they need time in their day to just be by themselves. They don't need you entertaining them every moment of every day. And so summertime is a great time. If you've never thought about this idea of room time, whether your children are 15 months old or 15 years old, I'm going to encourage you that, that they need their own time. Whether you make it be alone in their room when they're teenagers, I would say probably you don't need to do that. But certainly when they're young, my encouragement is let it be something that is apart from you so that they're not in a pack and play right at your legs doing what I'm going to describe as room time. But they're literally on their own. It breeds, it fosters a concept of independence that they can play independent of you and that they're still safe and that they're still okay, and that you're coming back. 
So the way room time works when you have little children, we're going to start with that first. When you have little children and you have room time, you have to understand first one thing. You're going to need to build their room time muscles. I'm not sure if any of my children on their own could just do it for 45 minutes or an hour. They, they couldn't. But with commitment, I began to build their room time muscles. That's how I talked about it to myself in my mind. Bethany, you're building muscles. It's going to be okay. And what I would do is either in a pack and play when they're young. And I mean pack and play. I did a pack and play until they were starting to try and climb out of it. In a pack and play in their room would be toys that aren't necessarily toys they get to see every day, all day. These are their room time toys. They're interesting. There's several books. And I would set up corners of their pack and play. One area has books, one area has toys, one area has little manipulatives that they can use, like depending on um, the age of your child, what is age appropriate for them. Um, And then their lovey and or even their passy is in room time. And then we have a CD player, but see now, like remember I'm a mom who had kids 23 years ago too. We had CD players back then, but now we have Alexas and whatever. I would play quiet worship music in their room or quiet classical music in their room. And we would walk in and I would say, oh, look, it's room time. You're going to have such a fun time. I love you. Put them in there. And I would say, I'll come back in a few minutes. Have fun. And I walk out and I'll shut the door. Now, when my children have no room time muscles, and what I mean by that is they're not used to this. This is foreign and they're not used to mommy leaving them somewhere. There could be tears. But what I've learned, they have their passy, they have their levy, they're secure, they're safe, that I can walk out and set a timer and then I will walk in long before they're mentally breaking down And be like, oh my goodness, didn't you have fun? How wonderful. Let's clean up. Let's clean up our room time. And we clean it all up. And we get out. And we go have a snack. And then the next day, I'm looking for two to three minutes longer. And the next day, two to three minutes longer. Until finally, I can have a segment of time about 30 to 40 minutes. Truthfully, when my children were young, this was the time I sat with the Good Shepherd. This was my quiet time because I really couldn't get it at any other time. I couldn't get up any earlier. I was exhausted. I couldn't get up at five and do a quiet time, but I could coordinate room time so that everybody did something appropriate and safe so that I could also have some time. As my children have grown, that time has shifted in terms of what it looks like. So If a child is climbing out of a pack and play, it's no good to try and keep them in the pack and play. So then I would shift to the room and put a little baby gate up at the doorway. And they could be in the room. And they could play in their room and be busy around their room. And they could read books. And they could come to the gate and call to mom. And I would call back, I'm here, I'm reading my Bible. And that would be fine. But if you have never established a concept in morning rhythm of... We have breakfast and we read about Jesus and then we have room time. May I encourage you this summer to consider it. It may be something that is very life-giving for you. With my older children, 
they still know the terminology. And so I will say, y'all need some room time. You need to go find a book. You need to go find an art project you can work on quietly. You need to go find um, something creative you can build. But you need to go and find quiet time by yourself. And I, I, and there's no screens during this time. So there's no TV. There's no screens. Room time is not screen time. What this time does is it fosters in each one of our children an ability to amuse themselves. Y'all, this is critical for your child's development, if nothing else. It is critical that they learn that they are sufficient to amuse themselves, that they can look through books, that they can actually experience some boredom in their room for a minute and then create an activity to do. I would encourage you, even if your children share a room, when my children were young and they shared rooms, my room was one person's room for room time. I let everybody be separate because this isn't the time to figure out how to stop arguments. You are creating this time actually for yourself to have some quiet space as well. That's what this space is designed for. And in your morning rhythm, it's not designed for you to clean the kitchen. It's designed for you to get quiet with the great shepherd and sit with him and hear him and pray and turn on worship music. And if that, if you get done in 15 minutes and everybody's quiet and you think, I think I got about 10 more minutes, then turn up the worship music a little bit and dance as you clean the kitchen or whatever you want to do. But first, sit with the great shepherd that you can learn to hear his voice and follow him, that you can learn to mother from a perspective that says, I'm following your voice. It is in this time that he can really restore our soul. It's in this time that he leads us by the quiet waters. He gives us the pasture. He tells us to lay down. And when we set this pace for our children, I I promise you, you will find peace and, and calm. That pace setting we talked about at the beginning, this is how this begins to happen. But it won't happen overnight. And here's my last little warning. Your children aren't going to love it right away. They may hate it. It's really not up for debate. That's what we kind of have to embrace in our head. It's not up for debate. You can have room time. I know you can. I am praying for you to have a great room time. I am proud of you when you do have a good room time. Mommy's going to go have my time with Jesus. You can do this. And then we can celebrate when we come back together. Again, Sometimes it's hard because we want to just do all the things and we see a huge checklist ahead of us. And now we also have summer and we kind of want to be doing nothing, but then we realize we can't do nothing. So in the coming weeks, we're going to be talking about how to have a different mindset. But for today, understand this, to be a good shepherd to your children, you need to be following the good shepherd, the one who is the shepherd and the overseer of your soul as it says in 1 Peter. Let him lead you and let him help you understand how much he loves you and your child. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, 
head over to bethanykimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links, as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.